2: no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
0: hello everyone welcome to the sixth episode of the fpl wire powered by Dreamset. go ahead of game week five i'm your host Zofa, and i'm joined as usual by my co-host Late tricer how was the international break and how was your game week ella
1: i actually thought the international break came at a really good time i got my first green arrow so i'm happy about that i got my first captain return so i'm happy about that but outside of that it was a huge shitstorm i saw the bad side of parents uh, and so it was easy to go on tilt on sunday night and make reactionary moves you know especially since united lost big as well thank you to my friends from liverpool for making the pain ease ease away uh, but yeah i mean i had de bruyne in my team he could have gotten a free kick goal i had sterling in my team who could have easily scored one more i have i had Jimenez in my team who was one on one with the keeper I had uh, Semedo in my team, who was one-on-one with the keeper. And then I had Timo Werner, and uh, Oginho decided not to be a team player. Not his fault, but yeah. So, so, all these factors being on the wrong side of variance, they tend to affect you. But, uh, you know, if you're waking up the next day or the, the tilt goes away and actually you're, you're thinking your team is in a good shape if you're getting so many chances. So, yeah, I'm not too worried. Got a green arrow and hopefully, uh, I hope to, like, move on from now. What about you, Bakar? How was your game being?
2: I, uh, had, I had a decent game week, like not 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 that great, but um, unfortunately, I ended up selling uh, James Rodriguez right before the deadline Ooh. for a hit. Ouch! Um, <laughs> uh, I, it was I was actually breaking it before before the City game because I actually um, removed James to fund Sterling in as as the captain. So it didn't actually work out that badly, and it resulted in like a net net loss of four points because I captained Sterling and had I not made the move, I would have captained De Bruyne. But overall, it was an okay week. I I wasn't expecting too much out of it because I uh, I didn't own um, Salah, um, and and neither did I own uh, Wilson or, or Son or Kane. So I mean, it was basically a week of damage limitation as far as I'm concerned. I wildcarded in like the first two game weeks, so uh, I'm fine consolidating for now. I I still think I'm in an okay position. Um,
0: Do you plan to get Hamas uh, back? At the the any break point? was fun. Sorry to interrupt. You. I just want to get before we can't get away from the fact that you sold James Rodriguez, who sold, who got eighteen points. I'm sorry, we can't let you get away that lightly. Let's talk a little bit more
2: about that. A, what was your thinking behind selling him? I I didn't think he had that kind of haul in him uh, because I I was looking at his heat map and all and he really got in the box. Uh, I, I didn't expect him to be the kind of player who, who will score, uh, you know, a couple of goals per game. So it like it went really really bad it was beyond my sort of wildest dreams that he's he's gonna score that many points uh, i don't think i'm gonna get him back uh anytime soon but let's see how it goes yeah
1: i i, I mean uh, i wasn't expecting him to get a couple of uh, goals and a huge all either so yeah fair enough it happens sometimes i think you went for you thought sterling was a standout captaincy that's why you uh,
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah just the captain thing uh, i think that's probably the logic there but yeah, that some somewhat saved me or it could have been like horrendous.
1: Yeah, and, and, and Everton played well. I mean, without uh, Allen and... Uh, uh, I think they had one more player injured as well. i yep. surprised. The performance was quite surprising. How was your week, Zoff?
0: My week was alright. I got 65 points. Southampton defence bailed me out. I think McCarthy got 9-5. James, 18. The DCL and Jimenez win move for Werner and Mitrovic kind of evened out. Salah chipped in with 13. So... Got the captain wrong on De Bruyne, but I think he could have on another day got a few more points. So I'm not pretty happy with how I'm sitting now.
1: 60, 65 is a really good score. What what rank are you sitting at right? At now? around
0: seven hundred K, 697K to be precise.
1: Great, great position to blame you. About four million ahead of me, great position. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: So just a quick intro about DreamSet Go. DreamSet Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits, everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences, which include master classes with your favorite sports celebrity, or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. Visit dreamsetgo.co for more. The FBL Wire is a part of the Fantasy Scout Network, and all stats used in this podcast are taken from the FFS members area. Please sign up if you haven't already.
1: I love how you get all elegant when you're talking about our sponsors in part. mean you have <laughs> to be touched. very clear, <laughs> <Don't> be. <laughs> <laughs> And on today's uh, pod, just to let you guys know, we're going to be talking about the Anomaly games that we've seen so far and what we think is the reasoning behind that, what we are reading out of that. A lot of people are talking about removing cash from their defence. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Liverpool defence and whether that's a good strategy still to hold on to them. We're going to be talking about whether we are required to be patient with our city assets, whether uh, it's uh, we are required to be patient with uh, MNS. We're going to be talk. A lot of people are on wild the international break as well. So we're going to be talking about some under the radar picks that we like in each position on the wild card. Three teams that we're going to look at in depth are Spurs, Aston Villa, and Crystal Palace. Then we have the hot fixtures, our captains, differentials, and Bucker stats. So let's let's start with the anomaly games off. Yep. So.
0: Goals everywhere. So, it's been really funny because I've been playing FIFA 21 over the international break. So, every single game has been like 7-3, seven, 7-4. Seven, and I'm complaining to my friends that this isn't like real football. And like, what do you mean? This is exactly what's happening in the Premier League. <laughs> so, what are what do you guys think? What Let's start with you, LR. Why do you think there are so many goals?
1: I mean, uh, uh, I mean... More than the goals, there have been three standout games that we've had of career goals where people try to read more than what is there to be read now. The three anomaly games, I'm talking about the Spurs and the Saints game. Spurs paid a naive high line, didn't change their, you know, tactics at halftime. And uh, they paid the price for it. Liverpool versus Aston Villa, I thought it was one of those where days where absolutely everything went right for Aston Villa. Not... Uh, to you know, demean what Aston Villa did. I mean, straight straight from minute one, you realize that Aston Villa were in this game and they were going to give it a big go. They, they played really well, but uh, you know the Liverpool defenders seemed a little arrogant, overconfident. Trent and Gomez haven't been in form for a long uh, in form for a while. Uh, you know, Robertson playing so far I don't think helps the cause either. There wasn't any protection for that defense as well. Uh, I think the game called out for a player like Henderson uh, who would offer some protection to that back line. Uh, Allison wasn't there as well. So, you know, I mentioned Allison last because everybody likes to blame Allison. I thought there were a lot of other factors which led to that uh, as well. But, you know, uh, Henderson is going to be coming back. Thiago is going to be coming back this weekend. And I see it more as an anomaly result. I don't expect such uh, an anomaly to continue. Even the Spurs versus United game. I mean, I, I-, I mentioned it on the last quarter. Our defenders are in horrible form. Uh, and I also blame Ole a fair bit for the result because uh, Pogba has been in uh, a poor patch of form for a while. And uh, our midfield against Spurs, we know that Spurs look sharp and have pacey players like Son who are going to run behind the defence. We we got overrun in midfield. Uh, I mean, yeah, Marshall got red-carded, but that's no excuse. We would have been bitten, beaten by three or four goals anyway because uh, Matic and Pogba just didn't offer enough legs in midfield. And if we have Fred, McTominay, Van de Beek, who are… Uh, who have more ability to cover more distance in midfield I thought the game would have been different so I I feel like these uh, games are sort of anomalies what is happening with Spurs is right now they are countering at every opportunity and every single counter of theirs is coming off I I don't see this sustaining so I feel like everybody needs to calm down a little Uh, teams are going to get better teams are going to be starting starting to show more normal trends don't uh, read into this too much just yet
0: Fair enough, Bakar, What's your take on it?
2: Yeah, I completely agree uh, with uh, with late riser. I mean, every every week you, I mean, I've been asked this uh, this question whether whether the games, uh, whether we need to read too much into these games or are there anomalies. And every single week for the past, you know, three weeks I sit here and I say that so and so game was an anomaly. There's not too much to read into it. But now this is becoming a bit of a worrying trend. Um, we've cons- we've like um, seen like 3.8 goals per game being scored so far, which is uh, ridiculous, um, and I don't think it's been as high over the past few seasons at all. Uh, it, it's it's down to a combination of a lot of factors. For example, a few teams haven't had a proper preseason, um, and the fact that you know we're seeing all kind of uh, freakish goals being scored. We saw that a ridiculous amount of penalties were being given. Um, the week prior to this as well so i mean it's a combination of a lot of factors i i still agree with late risers that i mean most of these results are freakish and it's important not to read too much into them uh so so i i'm still sort of um, trying to hold my own and and not read too much into it uh, i still think for example that the city assets will come good regardless of how they played this week um I, I don't think the liverpool defense will will turn so bad overnight that you know we we should dump our defenders for example um so yeah, that, that's how that's my my reading of it.
1: Yeah, so much, so much overreaction all over yeah. Twitter. I thought uh, people were just reacting, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that. So anyway, so what are your thoughts? Um, so
0: I listened to the excellent FPL Black Box over this week, and they did an excellent analysis on the goal conversion rate. Now I've got the table up here. The goal conversion rate, obviously, you see over here is inflated a little bit by penalties. Bodies is, is at 70% because most of them were penalties. But in general, even if you look at Calvert, Lewin, Robinson, said, this is a really high conversion rate. Now is this an anomaly? It could be, but let's look at possibly the other side of the argument. Maybe, maybe this is a trend and maybe I would like to maybe look at the reasons why. So one thing obviously that stood out, stood out to me was the lack of a crowd now what the crowd does it keeps players on their feet it, it also intimidates the attackers makes them more cautious so these are more like training games i think now to the extent is that like there's really no fear teams shoot there's no fear of intimidation there's no fear of failure to a certain extent so that could be a trend maybe it will not be to such an exaggerated extent as it do is now but i do think to some extent we will see more goals
1: yeah. I, 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 as was talking about it on the black. Precisely. As also yeah, made you, a similar point. Yeah. very are able to focus more when you're taking a shot when you don't have 30,000, 40,000 people breathing down your neck. So I get that. Exactly. That because I think we saw
0: that over the previous restart also with Sterling. Sterling, we know somebody who is like, who gets the chances, but always has had the poor conversion. His conversion rate was much higher over the last restart. So that... Is one reason. Secondly, now the Athletic did an article on the state of defending so far, and Sol Campbell analyzed the positioning, the tactics, and they've been terrible. So, and I think that to a very large extent is down to the lack of a preseason, the lack of shape, the lack of cohesion. So, they have been scoring more goals due to strikers being more clinical, but
1: defenses also have been more disorganized
0: than they usually are. So,
1: Fair enough. I mean, that's a, that's a great segue into what we're talking going to be talking about next, which is a lot of people are talking about from an FPL strategy point, uh, you know, removing cash out of defense to fund an additional hitter. Uh, people are thinking of getting rid of a Liverpool defender or getting rid of two Liverpool defenders. What, what's your thinking there?
0: I mean, I think Liverpool, at least I would like to keep at least one defender. To a certain extent, you can make a case for spending less in defense because I think this year there's solid value in 4.5 defenders like your a walker peters people that some of the guys over at villa so you could argue that you could really get away with like 4.5 defenders. but i want at least one big hit i still say the like of trent and robo they have potential to hit double digit scores even with adrian
1: and goal i do you, do you agree uh bakar
2: yeah I, I completely agree with that i think it's a it's a classic case of uh, don't buy don't sell when it comes to Liverpool defenders uh, personally, I, I have trained my team, and uh, prior to this week, I was looking to double up with Robertson because uh, Liverpool have uh, mm-hmm. Sheffield and West Ham coming up uh, in the next couple of game weeks. So I was expecting big scores from Robertson, but but having seen Adrian uh, up to his shenanigans, I'm. It's not. It's that, just not him, though. I think. I think. He I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, Liverpool's yeah. offense hasn't really been as impressive as they were uh, pre restart. It's been a bit dodgy ever since. Um, so I kind of get the point, but but like Zofar, I agree with him that I, I still think there's a need for at least one Liverpool defender because it doesn't take much for them to haul. I mean, an assist on a clean sheet, they have so much. I expect them to have so much possession against the likes of, for example, Sheffield next week. That uh, even with Adrian in goal, I don't think they, they should concede that. And that
0: I, like even though this, the, the another point I'd like to make, even if the keeper doesn't have to take a shot, a lot of times the keeper can just shake up the backline. And I know this as a Chelsea fan who's had Kepa in goal.
1: Yeah, I know. There's no confidence. That's what he said. The in Liverpool the fans in a, in a uh, cons chat, they talk about, Phil talks about that a lot, where their ability to play their natural game, they play a very high risk game in defense, sort of becomes uh, triggered because they don't have Alistair in goal. But but I, the, the, the point I'd like to make is I mean, uh, we saw what happened when uh, Spurs uh, absolutely hammered Saints, right? Uh, Rav spoke about it in his press conference that he's going to be taking a defence first approach. Now, I'm sure uh, Solcha has seen what is up with his defence. I'm sure Klopp has seen what is up with his defence. Klopp is uh, probably the best manager in the league right now. Obviously, he's going to be addressing this. In fact, Bakari, you were talking about you know you were planning on going double pool defence, but now you're not. I actually think it might be the sly, uh, shrewd move to go for the double defence now because they are going to address this. They've just lost by seven goals. They are going to be addressing this problem and one of the biggest factors why Liverpool also aren't keeping many clean sheets was, if I remember correctly, Henderson wasn't fit in the back end of last season and he hasn't played the start of the season and I feel like he adds real bite uh, and a shielding quality to that Liverpool midfield. I mean, uh, he's uh, a lot of the pressing that they do is dependent on him because he's sort of an initiator and the director of the press And uh, Thiago's, I I read this morning that Thiago's fit and raring to go this team week as well. So, I feel like they'll have a lot more control in midfield. Uh, So, I wouldn't sell a Liverpool defender. If I was in wildcard, I'd definitely have one Liverpool defender. And I don't think having two is a bad call. You don't react to the results. You you try to think how the team is going to react. You try to reflect and then make a move. So, yeah, I still think uh, going... uh, heavy in defense with one defender, maybe another 5.5 defender like Rigolian or Chilwell and then the 4.5 is a good move because also when you're setting up your defense, you don't want to be moving around those positions a lot, especially if you want to play the fixtures and attacks. That's where I stand.
0: I totally Uh, agree. And also, I do think these 5.5 defenders like Sumedo, Chilwell, they offer a lot more than 5.5 mids at the same price. Your Harrison, your St. Max, and as you've seen Podence, these guys aren't as reliable as the 5.5 defenders in the same bracket.
1: It's it's a, it's a factor of how modern football has evolved, right? Because we have so many defenders who are a part of the attack. They are they aren't actually defenders. All these wingbacks that we have, they're actually wingers playing for teams. So yeah, I, I agree with that logic.
2: This was okay. a very commonly asked question. I mean, loads of uh, of, of, of people, uh, the FEM managers have doubled up on Trent and Robertson. And this was a very co- commonly asked question whether, you know, they should sell uh, either of the two. And if yes, which one? I, I don't think I'd sell any of them. I still think they will come good at some point. Like, if you have them, just, just keep them.
0: I don't know. I think if I had two, I'm, it all depends on who I'm looking to get. I might actually sell one if I had. And in which case, I'd always keep Trent. Purely because of the free kicks. More than the corners.
1: Fair enough. Now I'd I'd be tempted to go Robertson over uh, uh, Trent because he's actually spending a lot more time in the box than uh, Trent is. is. It's very visible. I don't know if it has to do with Trent's sharpness or maybe he's not defending that well. So he's sort of double-minded and not moving naturally as forward. That plays on your mind too, right, psychologically because he's conceding a few chances. So maybe that, but I I feel like he's too good a player to have this doubt in his head for too long and he'll he'll be back in no time.
0: Yep. I, I do agree that Robertson is a good pick, but the only problem is having two of them. Like You are going to get the odd, add, odd week when you have like, you know, zero for both, the one or two points for both. That's probably the only drawback I
1: see there. Yep. Yep. All yeah. right. Let's move forward. Uh, and Anything to add in this? Uh, no. Nope. Removing... Nope. Okay. I let's move so. forward and talk about the city assets as well as Raul Amin in terms of whether we should be patient with them, etc. Barker, why don't you start on this one?
2: Okay. So, yeah. So, I... I don't think that um, I, I don't buy the hype of the fact that the city assets have turned into bad options overnight. I I still think the likes of uh, Sterling and and De Bruyne will come good pending uh, his his fitness. I'm, I'm not sure whether he's going to be fit or not because uh, news has just been coming in this evening that uh, you know he might be a major doubt for the Arsenal game. If if he's not fit, then it might be a different story altogether because I think um, that will that will impact Sterling as well because uh, the creativity in the side will go down and and that would give a, like a completely different dimension to to what I'm thinking. They'll also have Aguero back soon. So, I mean, I, I'm sure the goals will flow in, in, in no time. Um, even against Leeds, you'll you notice that on paper, I, I noticed that they had no, um, they had no big chances on paper, but when you actually watch the game or the highlights, you would have seen that Sterling had a huge one-on-one opportunity. There were a couple of uh, other occasions as well, when uh, De Bruyne could have sort of passed to Sterling, and and it just didn't go through. Even in like the first half, uh, City could have easily had um, two or three goals despite the the Leeds performance. So I I I'm, I'm not that sort of uh, keen or bullish on on selling City assets just yet. Um, if if De Bruyne and Sterling are are fit, then I I don't see any sort of pressing reason to sell them as far as Jimenez is concerned I I get the logic of selling him more than I get the logic of selling the city assets because um I I still think that Jimenez is a good pick um because of his fixtures coming up he has like a leads then um Newcastle New and Crystal, Crystal, New Gasson, Crystal, Palace. Gasson, Crystal Palace in the next three, so I, I'm fairly certain that he he'll he'll do well in the next three. I, I can't see him blanking once again. He was, I, I Wolves weren't that impressive against Fulham. I'm aware of that, but I mean, him and still had a big chance and he was he was denied by a, a good save from Mariola. I. I I think he's too good a player not to come good. But having said that, the I, I get the logic of selling him for cheaper options like Mope or Watkins because they offer sh- essentially the same for two two million less or two point five million less. So I don't exactly think that it, it's a downgrade that way because I expect Watkins and Mope to score similar uh to Jimenez over the next few weeks. Uh, Wolves aren't the like the kind of team who are too free scoring anyway. So it makes more sense to sell Jimenez in, in, in this case, in my opinion. What what are your
1: thoughts, uh, Sofon? I mean, let me ask City you, in particular. Do you
0: guys expect Man City to finish lower than second? I don't. No. Right. So, ultimately, they're not going to keep... Too, like. I mean, they might keep a few clean sheets, but they're always going to concede goals the way the back line is. So, the only way they're going to finish second is by scoring goals. So, I definitely do think that they are going to pick up. They're going to score loads of goals eventually. Now, the question I really want to ask you guys, is. Uh, really relevant now news is just coming in that kdb's injuries might be a legit injury but it's not one that's likely to keep him out for more than this week so what do you guys think if kdb is out just for one week do you keep or do you sell
1: Ella? Uh, I, I probably sell because i don't have salah in my team so it's uh an excuse to finally get salah in my team and uh, he's one that can pay, pay pay off in a single week so that would be my move if at all but uh if it's if if Pep is going to tell us on Friday that uh, KDB uh, you know looks good, he trained today, but we are going to take a final call tomorrow. This is exactly what he's going to say on Friday. Uh, I'd be leaning towards keeping, keeping him because keeping because I feel like uh, Pep also knows that they've uh, had a poor start this season. They know that Liverpool lost the next game, and he's desperate for the title. I Again, mean, yeah, and him. with
0: David Silva gone, really, who did, where else is the creativity going to come from? Mahrez,
1: yeah. Bernardo. Yeah. I mean, they're nowhere near KDB's caliber. <laughs> There's a few things, actually, I want to address, you know, when we're talking about uh, Manchester City. Uh, Now, the real problem Manchester City have is, in my opinion, uh, first, let's look at what happened in the Leeds game. What happened in the Leeds game is that uh, City played really well in the first 25-30 minutes. I thought they could have scored uh, at least two goals. Uh, Then Bielsa made some great astute substitutions at uh, halftime. And what happened is City ran more than they have ran in their lives. They've never had to chase the ball so much. And they've never been tested physically so much. So what I was talking to Profit uh, from our group and he was spot on with his analysis. That City were basically tired in the last 30 minutes. And just because they were so tired, they, they had the ball in great positions in the last 30 minutes. It was essentially a basketball game. But what happened was uh, these City attackers, whether we're talking about Mahrez, whether we're talking about Sterling, whether we're talking about KDV or Foden, they they were so selfish, such poor decision-making. I mean, all they tried doing was cut dribble past the defender and shoot. I mean, their other colleagues were open. I I can imagine how Pep must be at the end of that game, fuming because I saw so many City city attackers open and the attacker who had the ball just chose to cut and... uh, should, but this is a result of them being tired because when you're tired, your brain doesn't function normally, which led to poor decision making. Now, there, there, there are a few problems at uh, City, you know. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that you need to sell your City assets because uh, it's been the highest score scoring team in our league, hands down for the past three years. And they're odds on favorite to be the highest scoring team in the league this season. So City assets don't turn into bad picks overnight. But what has changed? Uh, the problem with City is they were allowed to play such free-flowing football in the past few seasons because Fernandinho essentially did the work of two midfielders. Now, Rodri is in the same player. Uh, Rodri is able to do the work of one midfielder. And like we saw in the league's game, if you're playing uh, Rodri with two attack-minded midfielders, then that leaves City exposed. And uh, what that leads to is uh, uh, De Bruyneau, the other creative midfielder, doing some of the defensive work. Now, Foden didn't do anything defensively, which is why... De Bruyne did a lot of the defensive work. Uh, Now, the option for Pep is he either plays Rodri with Fernandinho in a double pivot. That's possible now because they bought two defenders uh, and they play sort of a 4-2-3-1. But Pep doesn't like double pivots. If you think about his team in Spain, if you talk about most of his teams, Pep likes playing with one pivot, one and two advanced midfielders. So, I think this is going to change a lot when we have Gundogan uh, fit or Bernardo Silva because they are the kind of players who share the defensive Responsibility yeah, which and they're fit now. They're fit now, which Foden doesn't do. And th- there was a very interesting article that I was reading on the athletic about City as well in terms of the type of chances they create. Now you think about the Leroy Sane playing on the left and Raheem Sterling playing on the right season. What what essentially happened during those seasons was uh Sane played on the left, he was crossing crossing in. We had two players in the box, either David Silva or Aguero, finishing off those chances. The same thing with Raheem Sterling played on the right now, what what is Pebbing doing? He's playing inverted uh, wingers, which is which is leading to the kind of goal uh, that Raheem Sterling scored against Leeds, where he's cutting and shooting. So the so the quality of the chances that they accumulated weren't uh, as big. Uh, aren't as big as they used to be, so that that's is something... a really good point because you have Mahrez and Sterling who are just cutting in looking to shoot now. That's exactly point. you don't have those crosser of, crossers of the ball. I mean, KDB is the only one crossing in from the right, but I want to see how this city team evolves, and that's how you're going to be able to judge who the uh, correct players are going to be, you know, in terms of picking. Because if you notice, I mean, last season, now that you think of it, last season's Raheem Sterling's assist count went down drastically. Why did that? Whether that happened, it's because he was played as an inverted winger, which is which led to him shooting a lot more than him crossing. So that's that's why this has happened. So it's worth monitoring. But I wouldn't lose patience. They're still going to be in the top two scoring teams in the league. Uh, and just the amount of overreaction that you see across uh, the Twitter and the F P S I mean, everybody just needs to calm down. It was one freak result. City could have scored three or four goals in that game. They didn't. And I think like they're not going to face a team like uh, Leeds. Who are going to have such a strong goal at them uh, again anytime soon. And, uh, you know, that's, that's that's it. I don't want to add much on the matter. What are your thoughts on Jimenez? Um, more
0: than Jimenez, I want to talk about Podence because I think he is quite popular now in the community. A lot of people have Podence now. Neto started the last game, I think, and he scored as well. Traore was benched. I have a feeling that Podence is going to get benched in this one because I don't think he can afford... would really unfair on Neto to bench him now after he scored the winner last game. And Traore, I think... ...will play unless he rests him because he plays for Spain. That's a different matter. So I think Podence is a bit of a risk going forward. And in general, I think Jimenez is worth keeping for the next three. But Podence, I'm not so sure. I don't think you need two attackers from Wolves. They don't really seem that cohesive right now. But Jimenez, there's absolutely no reason to sell him. I mean, the usual way when we look to make a transfer, right? We look to identify the weakest link in your team. If Jimenez is the weakest link in your team, then your team must be doing really, really, really well.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, also, I feel like uh, the next picture that for Wolves, I actually fancy them more for the league than the Newcastle. Because they're uh, used to sitting back, not and keeping and countering. And they're really good with the countering. What I think what happened last uh, week with Potence was that he wasn't really fit. Uh, you know, uh, We knew hmm. that he had some fitness doubts and that showed him the way he was playing. And I think that's why the attack co- got compromised. I was going through the Wolves forums and there's a huge debate amongst fans in terms of whether they should to go 352 or 343 three, because 343 three doesn't give them the control. 352 doesn't give them the con 343 uh, three doesn't give them the control and feel that were that they were used to. And uh, so all of them are preferring a move to 352, which makes Podence an even higher rotation risk. Uh so yeah, I I do get uh the point in terms of uh you know being wary about Podence because he doesn't seem very nailed because they have Netto, they have Traore and they have that uh, Ponder kid Portuguese forward they bought as well for that position, mm-hmm. so we, we don't know what's going you to happen. There. Him. Yeah, uh, but uh, I mean, as uh, play the fixtures, is I mean, I wouldn't sell him for the next yep. one unless you're funding a captain or a big hitter, but I but, wouldn't sell him. Bakar, anything to add on these
2: two shop subjects, or should we? Yeah, have... I, I completely agree with you on importance. I um, I actually forgot to mention him, but yeah, I, I was reading up on the forums as well, and um. And like it's it's fifty-fifty. Most of the opinion, uh, most of the fans seem their, their opinion seems divided uh, on whether or not they should play him. And um, this is this is something I have in mind as well. But at five point five, there's I mean there are not too many options. There's Suchak, but their, their fixtures aren't, fixtures are, aren't about, great. There's a Leeds midfielders and there's ASM. Um, oh, you know you know who
0: I like who are actually a little bit more above the bracket. And I know LR will talk about more later. Barkley. Barkley is good. I think Loftus-Cheek, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loftus-Cheek at Fulham also could be useful. I think that's... Trossard
1: is, Trossard is 6 and has a good bunch of fixations. So
0: There are some options around yeah. that price bracket. So, it's not as isolated as we think it is. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, just, just uh, while we're on the topic of Wolves, uh, uh, people who own sites I just noticed that a few of them are calling uh, for him to be dropped. And there are a few options in that position. Don't overreact. Don't, uh, uh, you know sell him immediately but just watch out for that spot because he doesn't yeah, yeah. Seem I, I was going
2: to bring this up as well i i read read up on that as well um marcel uh, you know if marcel becomes available then then size could be a bit of a problem going. i'm forward. looking
0: forward to watching the new kid they got Nuri or something i think auri
1: was, something yeah, yeah
0: he's, he's rated very highly and he's only five mil now five mil for an attacking wolves win back i'd be all over that i'm hoping yeah. he can yeah. nail a spot there because I don't think he's going to play Marsal at left wing back too much unless maybe he's up against the big sides,
2: where he wants I, a very I, defensive I, setup. I think Sumedo is the one to to own from from the Wolves' defense if you're looking yeah, for yeah. someone. I mean, I know yeah. Leitza owns him, like you were really unlucky with the Ariola save this week. It was a he, huge he, chance.
1: He could have had an assist, goal, and a clean sheet. But then I'm happy because I like him as a pick. He's doing the things I like him to be doing. He had a crazy amount of touches inside the boxes Box. yeah. this this game week, so I was happy. With
2: yeah. Absolutely.
0: More points are coming Don't worry. Definitely
1: punch that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, good segue into wildcard picks now. Uh, just a note we're not going to be talking about, uh, you know, while you're in wildcard, we're not going to be talking about slightly more obvious picks like Salah or your premium city midfielders or Kane or so on, because those are the more obvious ones. We're going to be pitching a few under the radar picks that might help you build your wildcard. So let's, let's talk about defense first. Bakar, why don't you start in this one?
2: Um, I mean, if I if I was wildcarding right now, I I'd probably pick um, in defense. I'd, I'd go for Dallas from Leeds. Uh, I think he's he's going a bit under radar. I know Leeds aren't uh, aren't as solid defensively that they're a bit shaky. But Dallas is. I've noticed his numbers. He's he's going forward. He's playing in central midfield. So he's getting plenty of opportunities. Um, so I think I, I prefer him over Ailing uh, now because i I've seen enough from Dallas to convince me. Um, other than that, there's there's the obvious Lamptey. Uh, we've already spoken about him in the previous pod. Uh, Brighton's fixtures are turning and, and he's the one who I think is, um, is the one to own from them. Um, Reguilon, I, I think he might not be a bad shot from Spurs as well, given their fixtures. Rotation, uh, the ne- right? The only problem with next- Reguilon is rotation. I was I, I, I was speaking to um, to top marks who was, was on our WhatsApp chat and he's a Spurs fan and he he was uh, he was fairly bullish on on Reguilon. He thinks that he's a far better player than Davies and he thinks that he's going to be uh first choice uh, for Spurs uh, more so than 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 Doherty because he thinks that Doherty might be addressed for more as we saw in the United game.
1: I agree. I agree. I don't think uh, Reganon is as much of a rotation threat. He's a really he's a he's a big upgrade on Davies. Yeah, and I really like what I saw of him. Uh,
0: Isn't Davies defensively better though?
1: I, I, we don't know, right? I mean, we've seen Regalion for one game. Well, I, I read
0: Ben Davies quite highly, especially defensively. Not as much going forward, I would say, but I think defensively he is a bit superior to regular from what I've seen.
1: Fair enough, Reckuner a little bit. Fair enough. I mean, and and uh, it was I mean, have a flurry of fixtures, so I mean, Jose could be rotating them? You never know, but I I wouldn't. I I feel like it's. Uh, on the verge of uh, overthinking uh, i feel yeah. like he's first choice but yeah they have a special fixture so fair enough what, what are uh, your thoughts in the defense oh sorry bakar was talking
2: yeah i mean uh, other than that i um i, I like chill well and there's some already mentioned so yeah that's that's basically they're basically the defenders i look for Other than that trend is is the obvious one which we've already spoken about
1: what were anyone you want to talk about in
0: defence? No, I think pretty much covered. I just want to dial it back a bit. When did Dallas play in midfield? I think he, he played as a wing-back in one of the games, but did he play midfield in any of them? He, did, he
2: played midfield against uh, Sheffield. I'm, I'm fairly confident he... Yeah, played. I mean,
1: he played... played uh, wing-back, didn't he? No, no, he played sort of a midfielder. He played further forward.
0: No, for, yeah. I remember the switch to a back three that given he played as a wing back, not in like central midfield as far as I recall. And that actually is an advantage to Dallas, I do agree, over Ailing, because now I think uh, Cooper is injured. He got injured over the international break. Now they're playing, yeah. if they play against it, if they're playing Wolves. So he's probably going to go to a back three again. So we're going to see Ailing at center back again. So I do agree with your point that Dallas could be superior to Ailing there. Fair
1: enough this just, uh i'd like to add uh, one more name in the uh, in addition to the names that you guys have already spoken about uh, uh, Masuaku. uh i spoke about him on the last spot as well he's got my Jarrett. attention ricky Jarrett. he's playing really well west ham are doing good things in defense uh and uh, if you are setting up your wild card for the long term uh west ham have three bad fixtures and then a flurry of good looking fixtures so i'd have him in my team as the 4.5 defender of choice going under the radar playing very advanced crossing that ball in i like him very good for
0: bonus also, as far very I remember. Good. Nice.
1: Moving on to midfielders. Uh, so if anyone you want to talk about?
0: I mean, nothing really from the... Ob- you have your obvious picks as in you have your son, your KDB Salas, and all that stuff. So no, nothing to really mention there. Grealish has shown, shown some glimpses of form. Apart from that, you have your cheapies. I'd like to say Barkley, but I think it's a bit early. Maybe I'd like to see a few more games of Barkley, but... This is pretty much. I think the midfield pretty much picks itself, kind of, because you get a City mid, you get Salah, you get James and maybe you get one more. Son,
1: Son, you get Son. You get Son. So yeah. That,
0: so that's. I think the midfield is probably the easiest area to pick
1: as of now. Uh, Parker, any under the radar names that? Stroud.
2: Are... I mean, we spoke about Stroud last week. There's Trossard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any anyone else.
1: Yeah, I really like Rossard. I mean, I think you you have good options in that five point five, sorry, six to seven million bracket. And I'd I definitely have one of Krosad, Bakhti or Grealish. Harvey As... Barnes,
2: we haven't mentioned him this time. He, uh, he was fairly popular last week. I, I yeah. still think there's a chance he, he does well.
0: Yeah, he's a good pick. I just feel like Villa have better fixtures. Yeah, no nowadays. bias there at all, right, Baka? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Having already picked him this week. <laughs>
0: oh, I know that offside goal getting ruled out last, last week was that cruel. Was, oh, very yeah. cruel.
2: Very cruel. Right.
0: You, you'd have been actually
2: been up on your move if that goal went in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually wasn't watching the game and I, I got the notification um, on SofaScore and I actually streamed the, the game just to, to see what happened and, and I was actually fairly confident the goal had stored because I didn't get a notification of a cancellation but after three minutes I find out that it, it had been ah. called off so it was very brutal. Life like
1: of an FPL manager. Extremely
2: <laughs> brutal. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean let's talk about forwards because it's uh, really interesting because we now have Something that we haven't had in FPL for a long time, which is a 4.5, possibly a 4.5 starting forward now. So far, you have a few thoughts on uh, Brewster, as I understand. What's what your thinking there?
0: I mean, I was actually looking to bring in Brewster <laughs> for Adams this week. Now, for me, a 4.5 mid. What do I look for? I look for a return every three games, because if let's say he gets even a goal one game, he get nine plus two plus two, that's 13 points from 4.5. So you're still getting almost like one, one point return for every million you're spending. You put that in perspective, it's a lot of value now. That amount is going to let you upgrade to play all over the pitch. And I do think Brewster is going to get consistent minutes. I rate him a lot from the clips I've seen and the comments he's made. He's a very selfish striker and that's the best for FPL. He's made it very clear. It's not my job to create chances. The team creates chances. My job is to be in the box and finish.
1: Just just on this note, I mean, I'll just uh, FPL Rhinos had asked us a question and it was in the question section, but I think it's the right time to ask this. Uh, how should we be looking at Brewster is he the best, best of the 4.5 attackers, or a blocker to three better strikers? And it's a fair point because we do have names like Neil Maupay, uh, Watkins, Bamford, who are looking like solid picks at just a million and a half more. So why don't what what what's your thinking there? A million million and a half is not less. It's it's a lot of money. That's what it's now. A million and a half is the difference between let's
0: say Kyle Walker Peters and a six million defender such as a Dean. It's a lot of money. It's a difference between a Chilwell and a Mitchell, so it's not something's definitely to think about in that sense.
1: I agree. Watch also. Watch from FPL. FPL spoke about this at length uh, on his podcast as well, and he completely echoes your sentiments. And I wasn't really looking at uh, Brewster as a seventh attacker, but I'm, I'm I'm coming around to that idea slowly. What's your thinking there, Bakar?
2: Yeah, I'm fairly convinced he's going to start. Uh, they haven't spent that much money for him, you know, just, just so that he could sit on the bench. I'm fairly sure he's going to start. And with, what worries me with him, though, is is that their fixtures aren't that great. They have Liverpool, City, Chelsea coming up. So I won't consider him as a seventh attacker just yet. I mean, he's playable this week because he has Fulham. But after this, for the next three game weeks, he isn't exactly playable. And if I... Don't uh, like if I was on wildcard, I'd give him more consideration because I'd sort of build my team around him and and pick five uh, good midfielders of of my choice. But given that I'm not on my wildcard, uh, it's it's more risky because I don't think I want to invest in an option that is not playable. Fair why enough, why is enough. he
0: not playable against Liverpool next week? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me.
2: Because
1: Sheffield Sheffield United uh, were only ahead of Palace in terms of chances created last season. That's that's the point that. Uh, I want to make in terms of Sheffield aren't very, a team known for scoring goals. Uh, uh, and uh, on the point that you mentioned, you know, where they spend a lot of money, uh, that's why they won't rotate such a player. I mean, they, say that they did the same thing this with… McBurney, uh, but, I, but I think Mc...
0: Brewster actually a class above McBurney. Now, what I like to do whenever a transfer leaves a club or joins a new league, I like to go to the fan forums and see the reaction of when players leave. Now, the good contrast is between Bale and Hamers. Now, I have a lot of Madrid fans. i visited a few Madrid forums. They're absolutely gutted that James has left. They really wish that we wish we could have used him. We wish we could have played him. While with Baylis, it's good riddance. So I think that tells you that there's a similar feeling with Liverpool forums and the Liverpool fans is that they really, really didn't want him to go. That's why they put in the buyback clause and stuff like that. So I really rate Brewster's prospects. And I think he's going to really thrive in that Sheffield side.
1: Yeah, and you're thinking, is he gives you an additional big big hitting defender or big attacker? Right, because
0: yeah. I'm actually eyeing up Gareth Bale instead of Sun, so so maybe a big hitter like that. So it's going to let me upgrade now a Havertz to a Bale as well as get me a Wolves defender in place of, like, you know,
1: Walker Peters. So I see that. Who am upgrade. I talking to, and what have you done to Zofar? I <laughs> <laughs> was just going to say. <laughs> Like, uh, I mean, I have not known Zofa to jump in on a player. Probably because he doesn't play for Chelsea. I guarantee you, if Bale played for Chelsea, Zofa would not be safe. What do you mean? I started with Werner <laughs> and Havertz this
0: season, so... Yeah.
1: Alright, alright. Yeah. Turning your personality. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about that, uh, you know, 5.5 to 6.5 million striker bracket. Because we've had a lot of questions. Uh, and we have a few options in that price bracket. Whether it's Antonio, Watkins, uh, mopé uh, who else? Bamford. So who, who do you like? Antonio. I like Antonio a lot, also despite the fixtures. So, he, so if you were on wildcard and if you're picking a player in that price bracket, you go Antonio despite the
0: fixtures. I'm mm, no. Actually, I wouldn't. If I was picking a wild now I wouldn't get an Antonio. I'd probably get in Mope as a placeholder for the next three. Oh okay. What, what what's your thinking there? uh I'm um, just. Bakar. Bakar. Are
2: you asking me? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I would probably uh, have, have picked Watkins. I mean, all of these four players. Uh, you look at their teams: Willa, Brighton, Leeds. Um, they're all in form. So West Ham. So they're they're all in form. So it, it's it's actually tough to pick between them. But I would probably pick Watkins. I, I I've been really impressed with um, with him. I, I I know he didn't score against Fulham e- either, but I, I watched that game and and he was he was consistently getting in the box and. Um, and, and given given his price, and he's slightly cheaper than Antonio and Mope, mm. and his fixtures until game week fifteen are actually really good. So I think he can. If I was on a wild card, I'd actually pick him because he's he's one who can, who I can sort of uh, stick there for uh, for the long term. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with your sentiment. If with, I had to pick with, it with Antonio. I really like Antonio, but I'm personally still not considering him because he has Liverpool and Chelsea coming up. Uh, Liverpool and City coming up soon. Um, and even though West Ham have done well against the big sides and Antonio has done it in the past, I'm still sort of not looking at him as an option. His uh, ceiling is
0: low, back. right? Because you can see him getting a yeah. goal. You don't see him getting a brace.
2: Yeah, exactly. While, while you see Willa, they're already in form and their fixtures. I mean, Leicester aren't really great defensively these days. Then they have Leeds, Southampton, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle in their next seven. So, I mean, that's a really good fixture run. And I can frankly see him making a, a mockery out of his price tag. No, no, no.
1: Nobody pick. interested in Bamford. I
0: actually really like Bamford because just for the pure number of chances leads are creating. I think Bamford's a good pick, but I do think his minutes are going to be curtailed a little more going forward. All right, fair
1: enough. Yeah, that's that's my thinking as well. Uh, you know, I'm. Ve- I am would not pick Moppy. I don't like him as a pick. I think he looks a better striker than he is. Mope is very frustrating
0: to own. I very had frustrating him for, to last year. He just he, yeah. he just gets the ball and shoots. Pretty much yeah. from
1: anywhere. I don't like him as a pick. I just don't like the player that he is. And that's also... I mean, I'd like to warn the listeners that I have a bit of personal bias against him because I just don't treat him as he's a player. Just
2: only, he's not very likable. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I mean, not, another point I'd like to make it that, uh, is that uh, while while, while this, we're discussing these four strikers, I mean, Willa have created the the highest amount of chances between yeah. these four teams. And and it's also worth remembering that Willa have actually played a game less. Yeah. So... They're they're the, clearly the most uh, uh, informed side. So the that's other why... teams
1: haven't played Liverpool yet. So
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. But it was between uh, Watkins
1: and uh, Bamford as well for me. You know, in that spot, if I had to pick one. But uh, like Zofar said, I'm worried about Bamford's minutes at some point. I feel like Watkins is a steadier pick and. Uh, the difference between the replacement that a Leeds has and uh, an Aston Villa has, the gap in Aston Villa is much bigger, which is why I'd go for a Watkins. Uh,
0: the Liverpool result, I love that you mentioned that. I watched FPL Family's recent video where they viewed the fi- top five wildcard picks. I think Sam must have mentioned the Liverpool conceding seven at least 20-25 <laughs> times. I mean, that's ground for spousal abuse,
1: if you ask me. <laughs> it was brilliant. Holy, I feel for him. I feel for him. <laughs> Oh, it's nice. Now that you mentioned Sam, we can, uh, you know, talk about her team uh, because a lot of people are jumping on Kane and Son. Trapper, not Spurs. It's a Jose, Jose me, Mourinho team. Let me, what, just what bring up,
0: let me just bring up their stats over here now. Just quickly from a stats perspective, let's just touch on Spurs now. They're second to for shots in the box only to Liverpool by three shots. And they're top for big chances around 17. And I remember them being sh- top for shots on target as well. And their joint top for goals scored, but which is a, and of course this is all a bit strange because they've only scored one against Everton and one against Newcastle. So it's very funny. What do we so, make of
1: this? So my my thinking, I'm mixed feelings. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, as bullish as everybody is on these four assets. Kane is a great pick for his price. On is a great pick for his price. But uh, the most uh, convincing, result, uh, the most uh, significant result that I think. Uh, for Spurs, which is the correct way to judge them, is a result against Newcastle. Yeah, it's, it was a one-all draw. But uh, Spurs could have scored four or five goals in that game. They dominated that game. Kane had a lot of chances uh, until the time, obviously, Mourinho subbed Son. and tried to uh, hide that poor substitution. But uh, what's what's changed and why I like Son as a pick now is that uh, uh, I think Mourinho is in a very smart thing where he realized that Ali doesn't add as much value uh, as a number 10. So, he's compromised on Ali. That has led to them playing a three-man midfield. Now that that they play a three-man midfield, they don't need to do that stupid uh, uh, lopsided CB thing where, you know, Davies was playing back and they had three at the back, due to which Son had to hold the line. Son doesn't have to hold the line now because they have three players in midfield big, and now they have greater protection so Regolion is just like jumping past and uh, holding the width on that side which is why Son is a lot closer to the goal yeah. and we we know the caliber of Son as a finisher which is which is what makes him a great pick in that 9 million price bracket That said, it's, it's still a Jose Mourinho team uh, i want to see what happens i think uh, west ham is the perfect test because they've been a team that has been in good form defensively and uh, let's face it when you're talking about spurs attackers they're fighting for their presence in your fpl team versus the likes of liverpool attackers city attackers as well as chelsea attackers and united Workers. now my thinking is i'm convinced that liverpool and city still uh, have more goals in them than spurs i don't expect uh, spurs to 3-0 4-0 teams as much as i'm expecting a city or a liverpool to that's why I'm not as bullish uh, on them. And I'm, I might not move on them this week just yet because I want to watch them against West Ham once and see uh, what happens. That said, they're not a bad pick. They have a good run of fixtures for the next four. So, if you are convinced, jump in. Uh, but don't uh, you need to tamper your expectations. They're not going to route uh, teams as they have because uh, they played very obliging defences.
0: Great. Bakar, what's your take?
2: Yeah, I... I look at Spurs fixtures and and I, I just find it very hard to believe that Kane and Son won't come good um given their fixtures. I mean West Ham, Burnley, Brighton, West Brom in the next four. I I can see plenty of points there for for Kane and Son. Um personally when when I assess Spurs I, I, I look at, at the game against Newcastle because because um Saints the Saints game and the United game were, were up against very obliging defenses. Who were very open, so like I'd expect the the template to be the Burnley game for the easier games to come. Um, sorry for the Newcastle game for the easier games to come. So I, I knew they drew one all, but but until uh, in the first half, until Son was playing, you would have noticed that they were actually very unlucky not to have scored more. Hit the post uh, twice. Yeah, Kane was denied twice by uh, 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 like world class saves from uh, from uh, Darlow. I think he was the keeper, and and he made two world class saves from Kane. Uh, Kane had like 15 penalty area touches, seven shots inside the box in that game. He was looking like the Kane of old. Uh, unfortunately, uh, since uh, they subbed Son, they sort of uh, lacked that zip and they couldn't actually kill the game off, which is why they eventually ended up conceding and it was uh, it ended up in a draw. But but I I like what I saw from Spurs in that game, and I I personally think that that Kane is the one to get over over Son if I was picking one. Uh, I, I say that because. Um, because his number, his numbers against um, a deep lying defense was were better, and, and I that's the kind of opposition they're going to face in the next exactly. Season. I expect the that trend to continue. I don't think Son is going to get as much space in behind as um, as he did against United or or Saints. So. If I was looking for someone to get, I would I would look at Kane personally. I also think he's a very good um, captaincy option this week. He's probably the standout this week and in game week eight when uh, City play Liverpool, uh, Spurs have West Brom. So I think yeah, so I, I so I think he's I'd feel more comfortable captaining him over Son because he has penalties. Another point I'd like to make is that um, you know if you get Kane, he allows for a very easy switch to Aguero in in game week nine. I was just going to say that he's the same price as Aguero yeah mm. when when cities fixtures uh, get considerably better and spurs uh, get considerably mm. worse so I, I i'm trying to find a, a, a way for kane and my team but i i'm fairly sure that son is going to do well as well but i don't think he's going to do as well as kane yeah but what
1: I, if you had to pick between one uh, between them who would you pick i would pick kane for the captaincy no, I was asking. Zofre, so, I mean, for was... me,
0: I'm just, I'm just having flashbacks of the times Kane blanked against Cardiff and blanked against these easy teams. So I don't know. I just can't look at Kane with conf- same confidence I used to as a captain option anymore.
1: But 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 uh, don't you think we're starting to see the Kane of Paul possibly?
0: Looking... Possibly, I think there are definitely trends towards that. And by game week eight, I might levitate towards that direction. But I don't think I've seen it just yet to believe that he's a better captain option than say the likes of Salah.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Before and,
0: we go, sorry, to the next team, I just want to discuss, and this is completely a shot in the dark, how do you think Bale will impact this team?
1: I, I don't know because, uh, you know, when they're playing the uh, 4-3-3 right now, Lamella or Moura who play on the other side, they do a lot of defensive work exactly. for the team, which adds balance. What is, has what is actually just happened for Spurs, I mean, 70% of their goals have been the opposition conceding... Uh, possession cheaply, them winning possession and countering effectively. Now, I don't know how how we haven't seen too much of them playing against defences that sit, sit deep, which is why and plus Bale hasn't played yet. So that, that's exactly why I'm sort of sceptical about jump, jumping in just yet before playing them, watching them play against a defence that sits deep uh, with Bale in that team. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know what to expect. Just like, what I am thinking. Does it make? I'm just trying to analyze
0: in my head. Does it make Sun a better option? Does it make Kane a better option? This is purely guesswork, right? We haven't seen how he sets them up. So that's I'm just trying to get my head around that. Trying to picture how to because I think Bale will like. I think he will at least try to start strong. He has a lot to prove. So I do think there's some points there, and he is ultimately. You have to
1: look at it. He is a
0: world class player.
1: Yep. 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 Yep great memories with bale especially against west ham as well i remember captained him for a brace against us i'm getting a bit nostalgic what 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 are you thinking do you, do you, do you have something in mind in terms of how you expect spurs to shape up with bale in the team as well and who becomes a better asset out of the three then
0: i would like to think bale himself would be the better asset because you see now you have kane now basically becoming a p- pirlo so kane now is going to be pretty much the creative pivot every time with those two guys counter attacking so, I do think in general, Bale himself might be the best option. I do think he's going to enhance Sun's prospects a little bit because they can't really double back on the defense. They can't put, like, you know, your double defense on that side to cover Sun and ignore
1: Lamela's side. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. Anything to add yeah, Bakar?
2: Yeah, another thing I, I, I noticed about Kane while I was com- compiling this week's uh, data was that he's actually underperforming his XG, which is, which is kind of rare for him because he's an elite finisher and he usually takes his chances... So I mean, when you take that into account, that he's not exactly scoring as 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 many goals as he should be scoring, um, and his fixtures that are coming up, and, and the fact that he's known to be a very good finisher, and despite that, he's like the the top, the second top uh, point scorer in the entire game. That that tells you quite a lot about you know how good he's playing at the minute. All right,
1: all right. So to summarize, Bakar is uh, preferring Kane over Son. For uh, me, it's still I... Son.
0: If I had to pick, I'd still go with Son. I, I, because again, I can't it's a do... money, it's a money thing if they were the same price i'd probably say kane but at one and a half million as we discussed it's a lot of money
1: yeah if, if bale wasn't playing for spurs i'd confidently say Son. but i want to see what happens with bale in the team so i'm Fair just enough. probably going to hold for a week yeah I'm, the right. thing is
2: that the the, the, the structure that most of uh the the teams are structured in a way that it allows for an easier switch to son uh rather than kane okay. uh, yeah so like my team is the exact same so in my in my team, I, I'd find it harder to sort of fit Kane and then Son, because Son is an easier fit, particularly if, if KDB is is injured. Fair,
1: fair, fair. Agreed. Yeah, if KDB is injured, we'll see Son's uh, ownership skyrocket. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on now to Villa. Uh, are they a trap? A lot of people are talking about, oh, don't judge one result, etc., uh, etc. Et so, Bakkar, are they a trap? And what are your
2: thoughts? Like? No, I, I don't think they're a trap. Um, given... I've, I've mentioned about their attacking numbers uh, that they're actually doing really well. Uh, they're high up there in all the key performance uh, indicators, uh, despite the fact they've played a game less. I know their fixtures have been fa- favorable, but I think they've added a, 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 a like a good amount of quality in, into their squad. Uh, with Barkley and Grealish sort of pulling the strings, I think Watkins is going to get plenty of opportunities. We're not quite sure who's who's going to be on penalties right now. I I mean, it's it's so it's, it's a guessing game but i would probably guess it's it's Grealish. um i i think they they will continue to offer value given their prices they're they're low risk assets at that price they're kind of like wolves were a few years ago when they came up um i think yeah. they're gonna offer value and their fixtures until like for the next 10 are really good so i i don't think there's too much of a risk going uh investing in villa
1: any any priority in terms of Grealish, Watkins, Barkley, and what's your thinking there? I think
2: Watkins is the one uh, to to own, and I, I'm not exactly sure on Grealish versus Barkley. Probably depends on penalties, but if I was picking between them right now, I would probably pick Grealish. I,
1: I was watching the highlights uh, over the weekend again, and Watkins really, really reminds me of a uh, former Villa uh, striker, Gabby Abloh at Bon Lahore, yeah. where you know he's yeah. sort of like mobile, pacey. Uh, also, got a fair bit of physical presence, and he did well for us in our FPL teams, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Very uh, very similar ca- sort of striker. Uh, I actually think Barkley could be the pick. Uh, with Greerish, uh, he relies on individual brilliance, and he's going to be a great striker, and you're going to get a steady stream of points. But what I like about Ross Barkley is that he's a very selfish player. Uh, too selfish. And uh, too worry. selfish.
0: Too <laughs> selfish. To a certain point. He cost us points, I remember, in the Champions League when he just wrestled a penalty off Willian. So, if he is on penalties, he's probably better to avoid because he's terrible at them.
1: No, but I just think, uh, uh, I was actually somebody on Twitter posted their penalty stats, and Grealish has scored one and four, Watkins has scored one and three, and Barkley has scored a three and five. Okay. So, those are those are their uh, penalty stats. You just in... let Martinez take them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I like that. Uh, he's selfish, and I actually think this environment is perfect for Barkley. I think he's meant to be a big fish in a small pond kind yeah. of a player. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I was actually looking at his returns when he had uh, around 3,000 minutes for Everton and he's he scored around 15 plus returns in both those seasons and I won't be surprised if uh, played regularly, uh, he gets 15 plus returns. So, I think he might be the value pick. Yeah, and he, With
0: Barclays, on usually feast or famine. He yeah. gets here 15, like, you know, the huge hauls or he
1: blanks. Yeah, he, he could have had a hat-trick himself against uh, Liverpool if you've seen. He had a, few good chances and I think… uh, uh But that said, I don't think Rilish or Watkins or Barkley you could go wrong with either of the picks. I feel like Barkley could just be the value pick. What about defence besides Martinez? I've always liked uh, Target as a pick. I think at 4.5, uh, he offers dinner, enough value in attack to be a decent pick. That said, I just don't like… I don't have enough confidence yet. Especially since uh, Villa have a lot more flair and attack. So, they're not just going to sit back like they did post-restart. Because when they were fighting for survival, so uh, I feel like you need to spread the risk and uh, just go with one defender. Agree. The four point five bracket.
2: Yeah, another point on on, on Barkley versus Wheelish is that I, I was actually studying the heat maps and Barkley had a higher average position he, than than Grealish. He was essentially it, playing striker, support striker, second, yeah. support
1: striker. Yeah. In fact, he, just because uh Adbon Lahore, as in Watkins, has the tend to tendency to drift so much, Barkley found himself in the center of the goal on quite a few occasions. So. Yeah, I I like his positioning a lot. The only problem is uh, uh, Hurihan hasn't done uh, too badly in midfield for Villa himself. And if uh, there is a bad performance or two, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to uh, see. Yeah, because I think McGinn is pretty much untouchable. Yeah, and uh, Douglas Lewis isn't going to change because he adds that defensive. He's in the defensive midfielder position. So there's a slight risk of rotation. I feel like Barkley is good enough to hold his spot, though.
0: I agree.
1: Let's move on to Palace. All right. Uh, I don't have anything to add here. Uh, Mitchell is a good pick, uh, and P V A is back. Apparently, I
0: think he tweeted that he's available for selection now. So I think Mitchell's on borrowed time.
1: Yeah, borrowed. Especially because I I don't, I don't think he had a really good game against uh, Chelsea last week, and he was responsible for one or two of the goals. Made a few defensive errors as well. From the attacking standpoint, yeah, they have good fixtures. So you look at Wilfred Zaha, but Palace for me just don't score enough. Uh, and I feel like there are better picks, yep. like the ones that we just mentioned at the price. So the stats the table
0: I have up here, for, sorted by shots. Only three teams have taken fewer shots than Palace this season. So wow. that's a
1: Hudson team. Yeah, that's a Hudson team. I mean, look at the substitutions he made. Uh, he was behind two was behind, and then he replaced two defensive midfielders with two defensive midfielders. I mean, what's and he had Benteke on the bench. I mean, you have some sort of a different striker. What was the thinking behind replacing that? that's exactly the kind of reason why I wouldn't plumb for a Crystal Palace attacker and they have the likes of uh, you know, the German guy Max Miller M- Meyer. as well as Meyer, Meyer, Max Meyer as well as Benteke You switch that around uh, I, I'm not interested in a Palace attacker What about the defense? The defense has decent fixtures going forward Yeah, I, I like uh, their defense we have Mitchell but I want to see what their starting defense is going to be uh, once a PVA is in and then take a call
2: then I like Guaita. Uh, Guaita be, is good for bonus. Sorry, sorry, Bakar. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I was just going to say he might be an option because he might be on penalties at, uh, in that side at some point. We're not sure. Um, their fixtures are good, uh, but like I completely agree with with late riser. I mean, Zaha is, um, is someone who often flatters to deceive. I'm I'm not really excited by him. Palace are still in the bottom three for XG this season. They don't. They just don't create much. His ceiling is very low, even despite his fixtures.
0: I agree. And I uh, do think Zaha will be on penalties. There's a lot of talks, I think, about PVA possibly being on penalties. I think that's more hope.
1: You should just ask him on Twitter because he's going to reply. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's on penalties, he is gold as a pick because uh, Zaha going to win you some penalties. Uh, so, I, I might go there that's for sure. Yeah.
0: There's not really much to talk about, I guess, in Paris. Let's move on now. I to the hot fi- fixtures. To the fixtures for this week, which we want to discuss. First one, the, most- the Merseyside derby, the first game this week.
1: Huh. I, I think Liverpool will uh, bounce back in this game. Yeah, Everton have looked really good, etc., etc. But Liverpool have just a lot more uh, quality, uh, and uh, Klopp will be determined that they don't uh, that they make a statement in this game. Uh, it will be close, though. Uh, I mean, you have Din- Dinia versus Richarlison on Trent's side and Gomez's side. So I mean, I'm sure Ancelotti is looking to attack that side, but I feel like Klopp will offer. Uh, will instruct Henderson to give offer more protection on that side. So, I, I either see a squad draw or Liverpool win 2-1. Because
0: traditionally, this has been a low-scoring affair, right? From what I can remember, the last few years, it's been low-scoring now. I've been trying to figure out now, will Liverpool prioritize defense after what they did last game, maybe set up in a more defensive shape? Or will they react, come out of the block strong? What do you think?
1: I, I, I think Liverpool will react, uh, come out of the block strong. But... Uh, they, they won't go crazy. They will, I mean, they're going to have Thiago, Henderson, plus one in midfield. Wijnaldum, uh, Wijnaldum probably. Wijnaldum in midfield. Uh, and uh, they will come out of the blocks, but they, they won't make the same mistakes that they did against Villa in terms of leaving gaps open. I think Henderson is going to be a key there. In terms of their press. Buckle, uh, another factor that's very important is whether Alan is going to be fit or not. He wasn't fit for the last game. I
0: think he is. From what I have read, I think he was expected back after this. If he's fit, then I expect it to be a low-scoring game. Bakar, what's your take on this?
2: I, I think uh, I expect both teams to score. I, I think it will be like a 2-1 or possibly a 2 all kind of game.
0: Hamez with both the goals?
2: Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully no Hamas involvement, but... Um, but yeah, I can see Carvalho doing doing well again, um, and probably same goes for Salah. Uh, particularly with the news that Thiago is uh, likely to be uh, fit for the game. If,
1: so. if if Everton win, how how great would the league be? I mean, you start taking Everton seriously for a top four, top six contender. I mean, title then... contenders. Why right, not? It's right. too
0: early. Too early. In Why the game. not? I don't Why think... not? I mean, the blue side of side can dream. Why not?
1: All right. Let's let's move on to the next game: City versus Arsenal. Uh, Pep versus Arteta what do you think happens there I mean this is usually I think a lot depends obviously
0: on whether KDB is fit if KDB is fit I do see it being an easy city victory or 2-0 3-0 if not I think now with Thomas Partey is that however you pronounce his name I think with that I think Arsenal midfield will be a bit more solid I think without KDB they could be a bit difficult to break down so depends a lot on that
2: yeah I completely agree with that absolutely (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I see a 2 nil ish win for City as well in this game. Uh, the, 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 would,
2: if now KDB
0: is declared fit, would you guys consider captaining him? I know we had talked about this a lot, LR, that how KDB, I remember you had done your three segment. What was it, the Bramble? And what were the other two?
1: The colour of the Bramble and the Lescott. And KDB did really well against the tougher teams because he played in a more advanced position. Um, so I do like KDB for this game, and I actually think he likes playing against Arsenal. So yeah, he's a he's a if fit, he's a standout captaincy option for me.
0: this game. But what worries me, like you know, even though if he's fit now, will he really make those runs into the box if he's not hundred percent fit? Will he make those, or will he just play a more reserved role where he's just like you know, lobbing balls into the box?
1: No, I think the testosterone will take over, and he'll make those runs. I mean, if you're if you're KDB and we've seen him to be, he 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 always gives. Uh, uh, his hundred and twenty percent. I've yeah. never seen half a half measure. As long as you
0: let him talk. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yep. yep. All right, next game Spurs versus West Ham. I think this is a trickier one to call than yeah. most uh, anticipate. I was uh, actually talking to fpa Lions again, who's a West Ham fan, uh, and he was making a very good point in the term in terms of uh, you know West Ham were very successful in shutting down Traore in the Wolves game as well because what they do is now that they have three at the back, uh, the uh, sided centre back as well as the wing back as well as Rice, who's sitting back and has a free flowing role. They used to triple on the wingers, which led left, left, uh which led to Traore being crowded out. And they've done that successfully with the wingers against the teams that they have played. So I think they will have a similar strategy in mind for for Son and Bale. Uh, uh, and they've and also this game doesn't suit Spurs as much as you'd like because. Spurs like not to keep position. They like to uh, concede position and counter. Like a Mourinho, and any th-
0: Mourinho side. West Ham are
1: going to sit back and they aren't as defensively poor as Newcastle are. So, I am i won't be surprised to see a draw this game. That's what I'm calling.
0: I, I think I b- would probably agree. Maybe a Spurs like 2-1. bucker what do you think?
2: Yeah, yeah, I have some stats for you um, regarding this game, which I'll bring up later on later the show. Around. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be it, it will be tight. I don't think it will be a a, a, a very high scoring. Game. It's probably I'll probably go for two two one Spurs.
1: Yeah, but for this game as like a captaincy option, if you had to pick between say, and Kane and Son, so I prefer Kane for this game because yeah. it's a deeper defense, right? Deep, deeper defense. And just Kane yeah. and
2: a
0: London derby just feels a bit more secure, I guess. Yeah, I
1: think nine goals in 14 games, it's a great record against West Ham. That's his record. Yeah, he scored against them in
2: uh, post restart too
1: yeah hmm. he likes that he likes that all right the next game we're going to be talking about is chelsea versus saints so far, what do you think your lot is going to do Six are we going no. to see Zayt and pulisic back in the team finally he's going to have his front four and finally team of one is going to be playing striker what's going to happen there
0: I th- pulisic probably will start he hasn't had any activity over the international break i don't think the us played any games from what i've read of ziek i don't think he's going to start this one I think he might be brought off the bench for minutes, depending on the situation of the game. But I do see possibly Timo being shifted up top. I think it's high time Lamps realizes that Timo needs a goal. And he's not a winger. He just isn't. He's a and, in... and again, this game I know again we're going to play on the counter a bit more, right? We're going to hope that Saints keep at least somewhat of higher line. Maybe yeah. not. Saints aren't going to
1: sit deep completely. Precisely. Right? That, that, like, yeah. They're not
0: going to be Palace. So, exactly. So in this, in which case, I do think Werner is a better option than Abraham, and purely in from a tactical standpoint.
1: Fair enough. Uh, so, like, what do you say? Six nil win, or what's your more realistic estimate 2-0. of this game? Two nil. What do you think, Bakar? Three uh, one, I
2: think. I think three one. I think this is finally the the game where Werner will come good. Fingers crossed. All right. I say this every week, but but hopefully, uh, he comes good this time. Yeah, I also fancy.
1: An easy one for Chelsea in this game. I expect them to score three goals. Maybe concede one, but I expect them to score three. I fancy them for this. I
0: hope Kai gets his first goal.
1: Yeah, he looks good as a... He's getting better and better every game. He played very
0: well for Germany. Both his assists for Germany were quality.
1: Nice. Nice. So, in form, hopefully he's uh, feeding Werner because I'd like to see that. Me too. Uh, Wolves versus Leicester. Uh, Wolves versus Leeds. We spoke about this game. Uh, You guys know my thoughts. I think Wolves are very well suited to play this game because they like to counter... Um, so i'm going to go against the grain and say that wolves actually win this game 2-1 2-1 wolves
0: that's what i've got down here as well that i agree with that it's a purely su- very suited to their counter attacking
2: style yeah i personally think this is the hardest uh, game to call this weekend. it's, it's yeah really it's difficult really? I, i'd probably go i'd probably go for a one all hmm.
1: all right uh, just on that note actually you know we're not pundits here uh, you know who are predictors of the future we're just giving our opinion what we think how the games are going to play out oh yeah Even do if they're difficult. Do you
0: remember the last time the united spurs i called it a bore low scoring one yeah. one, one we all know yeah. how that turned
1: out yeah exactly exactly i mean uh, we're not here to sit on the fence which is why we're doing this that's that all right captain's very interesting i think it's a very very tricky uh debate this game week uh, uh, kane and son look like good options on paper, and I wouldn't have a problem captaining them. Uh, but it isn't uh, as strong an option as most people seem to think because last time are a good team. Uh, and uh, the, your other options are your City midfielders, especially if KDB is fit, uh, and uh, Salah. In, in my option, if uh, KDB is fit, I'd, like, I'd go there for the captaincy. But if it was between Kane, Son, and Salah, Uh, if you're convinced about Spurs go Kane but uh, I'd give the armband to Salah
0: fair enough so for me I've had the armband on KDB i pretty much identified this fixture that as we had spoken about many times last year in these big Hmm. games to give KDB a go but after the injury I'm not so sure even if Pep declares him fit it has some sort of like maybe he gets a recurrence of the injury maybe he does plays within himself it doesn't make me feel as confident now Personally, I try to avoid the early, the first kickoff of a, of a game week for my captain purely for the reason that if he does blank, it just becomes miserable watching the rest of the week unfold. So, I try to avoid it. But I think at this point, I have no other option than to go Salah. You don't, you don't have
1: good memories of captaining Robin Van Percy for Arsenal in the early kickoff? I mean, was... I mean, Robin
0: Van Percy, Suarez, these guys don't count because they're pretty much fixture-proof. Salah! Rotation-proof.
1: Fixture-proof.
0: Yeah. To a certain extent, yeah. So I think Salah, I do like the fact that he was completely rested over IB. I think that's a big plus for any player this week. If he's got an entire two weeks of rest, he's definitely a decent captaincy shout. So, that's probably where I'll be going.
1: All right. Bakar, what are your thoughts then?
2: I, I think De Bruyne was a standard. Um, before before his injury, because um, had he been fit, I, I, he, according to his uh, his own uh, statement uh, recently, he did say that he was going to play number ten against the teams which uh, play with three at the back, which Arsenal might have played. Um, so, and we've seen in the past that he's more advanced uh, against the better sides as well. Um, if if he isn't fit, then I think that's going to have a knock-on effect on uh, Sterling as well, and I don't really think that Sterling is as good an option. Sterling um, actually no, had his best FPL season the season. KDB was injured. I was actually just looking into that. Do you, do you think uh, he is, is a safe option this week against Arsenal? He doesn't exactly do well in Not, in no. big games either. I, no. I, I don't think I'd be going there. Um, his 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 record against the top six isn't that great. Um, he's probably safe for a goal, but I, I don't think he has that ceiling. I would explosive. Probably, yeah. I, I think I would I would have gone Kane uh, had I owned him, because I his numbers are just. Off the charts and i i simply think he's the best option salah's salah is always a good option i i can't ever rule him out so this is this kind of week where there isn't any obvious choice i think i would have gone for kane uh particularly given his ownership and his fixture um and his form so yeah just just
1: like to give a piece of advice to the listeners as well this is exactly the kind of uh, game week where you know there is no standout captaincy yeah. option there isn't uh, somebody who's going to dominate the effect of ownership. So if you have a gut instinct about a player that's not spoken about, this is exactly the kind of week where you take that gamble to rise up the ranks. Uh, Chelsea have a good fixture versus Southampton. You could look there if you were feeling it.
0: Mm, I saw as has Havertz captain. I really like that. I hope that comes yeah. through.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the kind of week you do it, right? Because there's no reason to be fearful of anybody. All right. Uh,
2: now we go to t-
0: t- uh, Bucker stats. All right, Baka.
2: Yeah. So, yours. as always, I have uh, three stats for you. Um, the first one is uh, is on Callum Wilson. Uh, he's the only player in the league to record a big chance in uh, each of the first uh, four game weeks so far. Um, he's now up against the United side who have conceded the highest number of big chances. And when you sort of put this in context, the United have conceded like seventeen big chances this season, despite actually playing a game less. That tells you that. How, how poor United have been in the back. They're just making errors after errors at every game. So I think that um, um, Wilson might actually do well again this week, uh, given how poorly United have been doing. 13 big chances. Uh, apologies compared to 12 for West Brom. So, they actually conceded more than West Brom uh, despite playing <laughs> a game one. we continuing this trend sorry, from sorry, sorry, last, last game. Sorry to rub it in, LR. But, yeah. We're continuing this trend from last game week
1: as well where you were uh, more confident about the United Assets against uh, Spurs than you were against Newcastle. But uh, just to add on Callum Wilson, I think that's uh, Callum Wilson's speciality. I think whenever he used to play for Bournemouth as well, somehow he always gets uh, good... Number of big chances. Anyway, move
2: on. I want. to well, he's actually converting them this yeah, season. Yeah.
0: That's. I that's think it's the positioning. Different. His positioning is very good relative to the goal. He's always central.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything goes through him. You. You look at every uh, how Newcastle has been playing of late, and literally everything is directed to him. Um, okay. So the second stat I have for you is regarding Spurs and, and Harry Kane. I was off. T- touched on this a bit earlier, um, but I'll I'll sort of elaborate. There's no team have created more big chances than Spurs this season. They have the best overall XG and the best uh, non-penalty XG, which highlights their threat from open play as well. Uh, Kane has only had one penalty so far, so um, it just tells you that how well uh, Spurs have been sort of playing off late. Uh, Not only that, Kane has the best expected goal involvement of uh, all players in the league. So that's why I've been sort of reiterating time and again that with their fixtures to come, he, he might be the one to own. Yeah. Uh, the third, I like the, that
1: he has avenues now, because assist-threat is a good thing and Son absolutely. and Bale will be making runs behind the defence. So I, I like yeah, to avenues to points.
2: Yeah, he's created the most big chances in the league of all players this season as well. Yeah. So, not he just doesn't have both goal-threat goal threat plus assist-threat. name is Kane De Bruyne. Um, <laughs> and the third one I have for you is uh, regarding West Ham, their defence. Um, only Everton have conceded fewer big chances per game than West Ham this season over the past 3 game weeks no team has actually conceded fewer shots inside the box as well uh when you keep in mind that they've already played um Arsenal and Leicester in their fixture haven't been as as great this is this is pretty impressive and it helps to sort of put things into perspective and context um th- this is why i was i was talking about spurs earlier and i don't think that west ham will exactly be a walkover for for spurs I, I think it's it's probably gonna be a close game based on, on, on the underlying numbers that I see from West Ham.
0: Yeah. Unstoppable oh, no. force versus immovable object. That sounds like yep. what that is. Yeah. Yep. Let's just quickly yeah. move on to our differ- uh, differentials. Now LR has picked Barkley, who he's been all yes. about all episode
1: yeah I spoke about it at length I like him I like that he's selfish and I think he's offering value at 5.9 I
0: don't know I just can't bring myself to trust Barkley just
1: <laughs> to add uh, he he was on a few set pieces for uh, yeah who is uh, taking the December set pieces is- with Hoorahan out I think it yeah. must be him. Barkley was on a fair Barkley few. was on
2: corners against Liverpool.
1: The one that uh, they scored where uh, uh, they crossed and then there was another ball played inside and Watkins scored that open header. Hmm. because was Barkley was on the set piece as well. Yeah. Okay. So he's on a fair few set pieces which adds to his appeal.
0: Cool. Uh, Bucker is gone with Brewster. so I think it was a great pick this week. And I've gone with my man Pulisic, who I expect. To be back in the starting lineup this week.
1: Almost cheating us, well, but uh, we'll we'll let you is have this that because, cheating. I mean, Never. if you can, if you're not long Sterling, how can you allow? It's a good pick. It's, I like that as a differential. <laughs> in fact, we didn't speak about this uh, on wildcard picks, but it's, it's a great, shrewd differential pick to go for as Pulis I agree. In this game, I agree. Yeah.
0: So let's just now walk through your teams. You first, Ella. Please walk through your players for the benefit of our audio listeners.
1: All right. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go through my team uh, because I haven't really decided what I'm going to do next game week. But my team is Martinez. He's staying. I've got Trent staying. I've got Lamptey and Semedo. Both are staying. I'm starting both players. I've got a triple city in midfield. De Bruyne, Sterling and Foden. I've got Podins I've got Werner, Calvert, Lewin and Jimenez. Uh I'm more inclined towards keeping Werner this game week. If I was to plump for a Spurs attacker, uh, he would be the guy at sacrifice. Uh, that said, we don't know what's going to be happening with De Bruyne. We don't know. I mean, it's likely that Sterling's injury was an international break injury, but we don't have much information there. And uh, I'd like to add that uh, we just read that five people uh, are tested with uh, COVID as well during this round of testing. So I'd request listeners not make any moves until Friday until you have full and final information, because uh, injuries could determine your transfers. So at the moment, I'm just uh, holding. At the moment, if DeBron is fit, he's my captain and might be tempted to maybe give it to Werner because there's no standard captaincy option.
0: Mm-hmm. And when is Aguero coming into your team? Uh,
1: we'll see. We'll see. There are some nice pictures in training. That's actually one of the reasons I might not plump for Kane as well. Because if we see him playing 30 minutes for City, he's in. I can't resist that.
0: Yep, yep. We know that. Yep. And Bakar, yeah. over to you.
2: Yeah, I'll keep this brief because uh, because I'm not entirely sure what to do. On my team this this depends on uh, this is pending in, injury news. So I have Martinez in goal, uh, Trent at the back, Justin, size I'm playing size over Ailing because Ailing is likely to play a centre back this week, and size will probably be left wing back again if he starts. Uh, I probably expect uh, Leeds and Wolves both to uh, both to concede. So there's not much between them. So I've I've picked size over Ailing because of his uh, threat. Uh, in midfield, I have De Bruyne pending injury news, Sterling, Odin's uh, Harvey Barnes uh, up front. I have uh, Cavaliere, Werner, and Jimenez. My captain is De Bruyne at the minute. If if he's fed if if he's ruled out, then. Um, I'll probably go with Salah if I buy him, I think. Yeah. I'm probably gonna do that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because the Yeah, I think for
1: both of us who are non-Sala owners, the Debron is out, it's the best opportunity to get some. Yeah, out. and
0: the good thing is like I see you both have sterling as well, so it's very easy. Like if you do want to get DeBron in the future, you have the structure to just yeah. swap them out Sterling for exactly. DeBron later on.
1: So Mane's fit as well. Explosive differential for those yeah. on the wildcard. I forgot to mention that. I had that as a note. I think I don't think doubling up on a full midfield is a bad option right now. They've got a nice bunch of fixtures from an attacking standpoint for the next few, two home games coming. It's an explosive differential to have in your
0: Absolutely. Team. And we had the Post Pane stats last yeah, pod. I remember well. that. Yeah. They were really good. Right. Over to my team. I've got McCarthy in goal, TA, Justin, Ailing in defense. Salah, who's probably be my captain if De Bruyne isn't fit. KDB, Havertz, Rodriguez, Jimenez, Calvert, Lewin, Adams, so obviously the weak link there is Jay Adams, who's been I'd like to say a bit unlucky over the next few. I don't expect him to get much against Chelsea. His fixtures over the next few are decent, but I'm just sort of losing confidence in him. So if De Bruyne is De Bruyne is like fifth, then I'd probably do Adams to Brewster. Use that money to upgrade Havertz next week, even though Havertz has an easy fixture against a team who just conceded six at home. <laughs>
1: we we'll mm-hmm. talk next week about that. <laughs> yep, we shall. So
0: yeah. that's the plan. Now we should move on to our Q&A.
1: He keeps waiting all the time. Anyway, uh, to, uh, moving on to the questions round. I'm so grateful to you guys to not talk about United too much on this podcast. Don't forget what happened and we'll see a uh, result against Newcastle. Uh, questions. First question is from at the rate B two zero one five six. Five two zero, this one is for zofar Is it still worth investing in defense like five point five for a ch- Chilwell?
0: Yeah, I think we answered this earlier. I'm sorry. So I think Chilwell might have an injury. there's something to monitor. It's apparently a flare up of his existing problem. So if he is fit, I do like Chilwell a lot. I think he's a better option than reese James. He's more nailed. He has many routes for points. So and I think he offers much more than an ASM or a Poddins at that price bracket. All
1: right. And if he is injured and if you're looking for a defender, I, I think uh, Semedo or Reguilon both are great picks as well. Just adding on to one. I what would I say said. Semedo over uh, Reguilon, next...
0: but Semedo is a great pick. Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, the thing I like about Reguilon is he's got a nice bunch of fixtures for the next... I know, but uh, you know me. I want seven.
0: consistency of starts primarily yep. above everything yeah. else.
1: Yep, yep. Actually, and that's the reason why I went Semedo and Taylor over uh, James and... Uh, Size, which has worked in my favor so far so thank you again uh the next question is from FPR dynos we already answered that in terms of how we should be looking at Brewster, and all of us view him as a seventh attacker not necessarily an eighth attacker my my i just like to add that uh you know we have three bad fixtures uh to wait and watch how brewster is going to be looking before jumping in so you could use that time it's not a priority move that you need to make uh, next question is for bakar it's from at the rate it's from slim shady at the rate Gil prof 96 bring in stirl song for sterling this game for next uh
2: this is actually a very similar dilemma to di- di- what i uh, face for my own team uh i would probably keep sterling if if you can afford to keep him but personally in my case i might actually have to sell him to fund salah in for de bruyne so, I might sell him for Sons. But if you don't actually need to sort of fund another move, then then I won't do it.
1: All right. Next question is from Morpheus Fire. A great member of the FPL community on Twitter. His question is, how soon after game week 7 should we consider Arsenal? Uh, enjoy the break. Thank you. Uh, so, I'll, I'll take this one. The fixtures for Arsenal after game week 7 are Aston Villa leads World's Spurs and Burnley. Now, I don't like these fixtures too much from an attacking standpoint, and I don't rate an Arsenal attacker uh, very strongly as yet. I don't think Aubameyang is going to be as explosive as his peers from the other teams, especially with Spurs showing form. Uh, so I'd say no. Maybe I'd be interested in that defense if uh, Partey's proving to be a good shield for that team. But uh, at the moment, I'm not very bullish on Arsenal. Had the, Next I think they're the
0: earlier start. I think they are the third fewest shots. I think they're they're about there with Palace. Terms yeah,
1: still, they're still finding their feet. Maybe with party, you know, their attackers take more risks in attack. Uh, I have a feeling happens. he's
0: going to start playing Oba more central now with William yeah. and Pepe on the wings. I think he showed up hints then. of
1: that the last game week as well. Uh, I think there was a sub, and Oba was playing central yeah, for a while. Yeah, exactly. I think he's going to try that more now. If that happens, Oba's uh, and our outlook towards Oba a pick completely changes. Oh, completely, completely. All right. Uh, the next question is from at the rate SPL Rabbi. This one's for you, of. Hypothetically, if any of you guys still haven't wildcarded, how bothered would you be with team value if you're generally happy with your team?
0: Right. So now I haven't wildcarded, so I am in this position. Now, traditionally, every season, I've been big on value. I Especially early on, I've made transfers early. But th- you have to realize the circumstances we are in in terms of these COVID tests and pandemic. We really don't know. Like we saw with Mane. I think the Mane incident really should raise everyone's eyebrows now going forward. He was, I think, declared, it was even after Jurgen Klopp's press conference. So leave the transfers as late as possible because you really don't want to like, you know, be the guy who brings in Mane, then he finds out player X has COVID, then you have to transfer him out. It's not worth it for the sake of a point one, point
1: All right. I'd just like to add also, Rabbi, I've written a fair bit about value in my latest article for the South. And why you shouldn't pay too much attention to it. I recommend uh, you read it. Uh, next question is from FPL Tips India. It's specifically for Barker. Barker, what to do with Wood? And is pamford uh, <laughs> the best cheap striker out there? Will he be consistent with the upcoming fixtures?
2: I'm fairly uh, certain this question was the God directed to me by by Zafar. No, no, no. Was, uh, everyone knows about Guilty. your obsession. Your
0: obsession with Wood.
2: Um. His fixture this week is, is is pretty good against West Brom. I, I won't sell him this week, but uh, you can move him on after this week for Watkins. That's that's what I would do. All right.
1: Uh, next question is from at the rate Joseph Melvin. Whom would you pick amongst Grealish, Barnes, James and Zaha if you were to keep them for at least eight to nine game weeks? I'll take this one. So what I did uh, for you is I adjusted the fixture ticker for the next eight game weeks. Palace had greater greater fixtures than Villa, who had better fixtures than Everton, who had better fixtures than Leicester. I don't rate Zaha as a pick. So Villa have the best fixtures. uh, And that's why I'd go Grealish. Because I feel like he's uh, going to be more involved in attack compared to Hamas for Everton, despite what we saw, this gimmick. So uh, yeah, go for Grealish. That would be my pick. Uh, Next question is from Adirate Aman Gahoy. This one's for you Bakar this season average goals per game is around 3.8 and goal conversion is around 18% is this very unusually high or is this the new normal
2: i think it is extremely extremely high i i don't think it will continue uh, i think things will settle down a bit after the international break and we'll probably revert back to the, to the norm this is this is a bit absurd this won't happen uh, again i don't think we're likely to see similar figures being hit again anytime right. soon
1: Next question is from uh, at the rate Hong Kong Brummy uh, Zoff. This one's for you. What are your three favorite footy news or information sources? Could it be Twitter profile. Thanks for the great show. By far the best out there. Thank you very much, Rich. You guys actually provide tag. Okay, whatever. He's uh, he's uh, just saying good things about us. But what are your three favorite footy news or information sources? So
0: I mean, by far it has to be number one Fantasy Scout in terms of the coverage of the articles, the depth, and the amount of people they brought in in terms of the pro pundits team this year you have fabio borges the hall of fame number one so i think they're by far my first and and bakar could you close your ears for a little bit i wanted to mention that <laughs> go on okay it's uh, on. i would say probably the second best would be my friend bakar over here and the third thank i would you. thank yeah. you very much All right i'm just saying that to make you happy so and the third one really i wouldn't Think of anyone in particular. I know the fix guys write some nice articles. Can I have a look there. That's All about
2: right. it.
1: And I just actually like to talk. I'd uh, add, add one more source. If if you aren't already subscribing to them, I think Athletic is giving a great yeah. uh, uh, bunch of insight, which helps you look at teams more closely from a statistical and sorry, not even statistical, tactical point of view. We should I ask for. Enjoy aff- the, we should
0: ask for an affiliate link. Yeah,
1: we should. We should.
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, the next question is from Archer FPL. Uh, I'll take this one. A common debate is uh, uh, a common either or debate is either Grealish as a fifth mid versus one of the 6.6 or 6 to 6.5 million strikers. Assuming both are possible, who scores more, Grealish or the budget strikers? Now, I think this uh, debate has uh, shifted due to one factor, which is Brewster being a 4.5 million striker. And I think he's a better option than any other 4.5 million midfielder. And for that reason, I'd say that uh, Grealish uh, is the direction in which I'd lean. That said, uh, Antonio should definitely be in your thinking uh, after three game weeks. The next question is from at Kepriakans. This one is for Bakar. What do you think about Ings? Who is better than him in the current form? And uh, he has a double up on the Saints defense. Should he hold or should he move on?
2: Uh I, I don't see any any reason to um, sort of shift Ings in this form. He's he's just blank for one game. Um, as far as the double defence is concerned, uh, if that's the most pressing issue in his team, then then I, I don't I think then he he must be doing all right. I don't like swapping keepers anyway. So just just keep who you have. All right.
1: Okay. Next question is from Adherate FPL SMR. We keep hearing that Leeds won't change their style on the Bielsa. Should have lots of space, but they have conceded only once in the last two games. What does this mean, Of
0: I mean, they had the best defence in the Championship last year. And I think they, sco- they conceded fewer goals than Sheffield United did when they were in the division. So, you now expect that number to change in the Premier League be- purely because of the quality of opposition, the quality of strikers they're up against. But at the same time, they press so much, they work so hard, they will offer chances. But I don't think they're going to be conceding five, six, four like a Fulham do
1: actually i i was uh one evening i was having this conversation uh, with the FAL twitter community as well and actually my perception changed after having that conversation where in my head i kept thinking that uh you know leads are going to be conceding a lot of these big chances but when i spoke to a few Leeds fans this is what blsa does by design and at the end of the day each of their attackers in the opposition is going to be man marked as well so it just might look different Uh, but it isn't necessarily a bad thing. So just need to realign your thinking there. And that uh, brings us to the end of this pod. Uh, Don't forget, as usual, if you like us to comment in the comment section, hit on the uh, subscribe button, share our uh, posts and podcasts on Twitter as well as all the other social media platforms because it really helps us and encourages us. Uh, I believe that Bakar has a bit of news for you guys. Why don't you tell them, Bakar?
2: Yeah, um, unfortunately, I, I'm I'll be taking a a break uh, from the from the FL wire for a couple of months uh, because I have some professional qualification exams coming up in in December, so I'll be studying full time for for those. Um, so I, I'll be away for a couple of months, but I'll be back in in mid December, and I'll be regular from then on. I, I'm sure you guys will do a terrific job, uh, late riser we'll and resolve. So. I'll leave it we'll, miss you. You we'll
1: probably get you on a, I mean, whenever yeah, yeah. you want uh, a break from your studies, you're always welcome to just ring yeah, us. Yeah, yeah,
2: sure. I'll, I'll, I'll probably join in once or twice. Yeah.
1: And in the can. meantime, and we will be carrying forward. We might have a few guests for you as well. So don't worry about that. Uh, That's it from us for this game week. We hope you like the pod and yours to more Green Arrows. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you. Thank you.